Hi, I'm Keegan, and this is A Bunch of Gamers. This is our 100th episode of Werewolf the Apocalypse 20th Anniversary Edition. Allies Against the Darkness. I'm going to go around and have my players introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Sam. I play Korra. She's an Aruna in the Geta Fenris. I'm Tyler, and I play Kyle, also known as Guards the Low. He's a Philodox of the Children of Gaia. Hi, I'm Adam. I play Mark Guides the Fallen, and he's a third of the Children of Gaia. Hi, I'm Sean. I play Zeb, Speaks in Sweet Whispers. He is a Theurge of the Silent Striders. Hello, my name's Thomas. I play Dimitri Howells in Memory, Lupus Galliard of the Bone Nars. Hi, my name is George. I am playing William Groves Matrices. He is a Fostern Arun of the Glasswalkers. Last time, the Pax began to investigate the cave network near the sept of the desert snow, moving through and starting to feel the effects of natural gas poisoning. The packs stepped into the umbra after peeking and noticing a man putting down a corrupted deer spirit. The man turned out to be Earth Pillar, a grell that Fomori's Bane had rescued from a cave near Cripple Creek some time ago near the Sacred Stone. Earth Pillar led them out of the caves as the spirits of decay began to scream along the walls. And leaving the cave network, they were greeted by Judith, journeying laughter, the Nuisha that they had met before. The packs followed them and were greeted by a council of Pharaoh known as the Five. The Five appeared in their animal forms and began to move around the packs. It is then that all the Pharah shift into their full Krynos forms, standing upright. As you see Earth Pillar standing well over 12 feet tall and dwarfing some of the nearby trees, Judith looking like a small, almost emaciated Krynos Garu, as well as the Korax in its large bird-like form, the Kwame in its were-links form, and the Pumakan in its Krynos form, as they all watch and they all spend a willpower to speak normally, clearly all on edge with Garu here, but spending a point of willpower so that you can understand them in their Krynos form. Judith is the first to speak. I guess it is time for introductions. Soars through through ice storms. As she motions to the Korax. Natalie Snowtreader. As she motions to the Kwame. 10,000 riddles. As she points to the Pumaka, Pumanka, and then goes, Earth Pillar and myself journeying laughter. We are the five. My fellow Pharah, this one here is Kyle Guards the Low. That one is Cora Two Hearts. And the other one is Mark Guides the Fallen. I have heard of Zeb Speaks in Sweet Whispers and Dimitri Howls in Memory from keeping tabs on these ones. But the last one I am not familiar with. Who are you? Greetings. I am William Grows Matrices. Now, we have heard you have stumbled upon us. What have you found? that can aid the five. A lot of what we know you've confirmed, or at least elaborated on. You've 
told us that this creature is Zumakai, Talon of the Worm. We know that it, it appears at night. We know that it has the, the, the capability to corrupt spirits around it, again, being a powerful emanation of the worm. We know that Guru have fought it, have beaten back the form that has appeared, being sickened and nauseated when fighting it, that it will fade away as Helios ascends and Luna fades, but that it still reappears around caves near this reservation, and that a lot of the mystery has already been solved for us, knowing that this was something bound to an object based off of murals that were found deep underground. But there are thousands of banes and corrupted death spirits down there, possibly connected to exploration being done by a human company trying to find oil and extract this extract this from Gaia's face. Uh, everyone else might have other notes that I that I have not tracked or heard things I have not. We have also all had visions, as all the Garu did in the Sept, that came with particular messages that we could share if they were not visions shared by you. We caught the visions as well, each one with a different phrase, correct? Yes. Earth Pillar speaks up. We've been exploring for a while now. What cave entrance did you come through? That may help us map out the area more quickly. I believe it was one of the southern entrances. Kyle will detail it through his memory. Earth Pillar continues. I see. You are not from this Karen. Are other Garu exploring as well? I think it's fair to say all of them are exploring. The caves? Others are exploring the site of the fracking and the extraction sites of the company, but as Garcelo has said, a lot of them are out exploring on their own means and with their own intentions. If they found other entrances, perhaps we'd be able to start crossing things off of our list. Earth Pillar says, before soars through ice storms, gives out a laugh that sounds like a raven's caw. Oh yes. And the Garu will so gladly give us that information. They've always been known to be loose-lipped and understanding of other secrets. Especially those of older brother. Snow Treader goes, Perhaps, but perhaps there is a way we can suss this out. As she looks over all of you, her eyes gleaming with emerald sparks. How close are you to those in the Sept? Not very close. We were sent here from Sacred Stone. An older, bro- an older brother, Cairn, as well. We volunteered to come to Desert Snow to help. It's highly likely that the Octena would have preferred more Octena and Wendigo versus Wormbringers, but we volunteered all the same. That probably best highlights the relationship that we have with the folks there now. Cordial because we're helping. 10,000 riddles kind of gives a purr before he goes. Hmm, interesting. Would you say that your outsider status would make it easier to determine those who'd be willing to step out of their comfort zones, be willing to help? Perhaps information from the other packs and groups would be more freely given in our situation just to get the job done. So perhaps this is an advantage. Perhaps. 10,000 riddles continues and then laces his 
fingers together as you see the claws reaching out and gently combing the fur of his hands as he thinks. Imagine, if you will, that a cat decides to work with a dog. The dog then goes and sees other dogs, dogs that they have fought with before, at least others of that breed. The dog then sees some that they've never seen before in a large group. And that dog notices a pack, a pack that, like them, is willing to sniff and understand cats rather than chase them. Perhaps this dog then finds that pack and brings it back to the cat so that the cat can understand, so that the cat can then draw more allies and the cat remains safe from the roaming packs of dogs that would much more rather eat a cat than help it. We've spent precious little time with them, but there are a couple that I have a good feeling about that might be willing to work outside their comfort zone or on something that they weren't expecting. The, it's then that Snow Treader gives kind of, you see the hair on her body kind of stick up and goes, I'm sure. Hmm. As she looks over you all before going. Is this safe? Most of us outrank the ones here. I can smell it on them, but another five? No more, yes? And we'd be able to suss them out ourselves? Judith kind of waves Snow Treader down. I think that might be agreeable then. What if we... Well, what if we had you visit a spirit? in this area. The spirit will take any of older brother that you think would be willing to work with us. No more than five. Even if their intentions are pure, we don't like being outnumbered. Several of us- As she glances over at Earth Pillar, who seems very on edge. Remember the second war of rage, and such Pete's talks ended many of our lives. But as you kind of see kind of a storm on the horizon and through lightning strikes in the sky, it almost appears like a citadel of slate floats over the mountain. As you see a grand cathedral of some kind with dead trees all around and sickly stars before it vanishes again into the sky. Times are getting dangerous. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Indeed. And these two packs here know quite a bit about desperation and desperate acts. I understand we could probably find five. Have us bring them to the spirit to be evaluated to ensure that they would be the ones to help and yes. take action from there. I will leave it to our Philodox to judge, but I think we could probably find five. Good. As you guys notice that it seems later than it should be. Like, it's darker, it's almost... The sun has set a while ago, though to you it should be like closer to like sunset because it's like 4.30 in December. But like not nearly this pitch pitch black outside. I wonder if this is a side effect of the Talon. This darkness over the area now. Not quite. Says Earth Pillar. The worm is bound by the weaver's threads, and its goal is to dissolve them. Zumahi is trying to dissolve his bonds, and some of that energy is leaking into the webs. 
time was being eaten away. It's probably close to midnight. Hours were eaten in the creature's struggle. Hmm. Perhaps when we get our five, we could trace this energy dispersion. Has to come from somewhere. Perhaps, though, we've noticed that it's been growing. The cave system seems to be getting more elaborate after every day, which is why we haven't found the damn thing yet. It's trying to make the caves more like home. A vast labyrinth. And eating time only affects us. It doesn't care. Right. Would you care very much if a fly was claiming to bind you to your bed? I couldn't imagine the strength and the level of self-assurance it would take to do something like this. I can only try to hold it back now, so I understand my insignificance in this scheme. Still want to stop it. Well, I was bound the first time somehow. Evidence in the cave dwellings has helped us, but in our last exploration, I didn't see any or find any other new ones. Ancient rites. Some that killed Karens and the right masters. Hopefully, since the creature is not fully freed, it will not come to that. Let's hope the Gaia doesn't witness that firsthand, and I'd rather not see it again. Return with your five. We'll give you some time to suss out, perhaps two days. I fear we can't wait any longer than that. If you can come sooner, so be it. The spirit will be here and bound. See you then. Guys, blessings. And so, you guys start heading back, moving through the woods. As soon as you leave the area of the mountain, after about, in, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, five hours worth of walking and fatigue slam into you at once as you are outside of the time bubble. And now, because the hours that you lost are treated as doing exactly what you were doing in the hours you were there. You guys get back to the Karen. It's about two in the morning. Gotta sleep. Yeah, same. Mark will say his prayers and go to bed. All right, you guys go to bed. Zeb, you're back at the farmhouse. It's dilapidated. The crops are rotting. Prudence, Prue, are you here? As you hear in the kitchen, the old familiar voice of Jonah. Zeb! Father, where is everyone? Gone. They've ended. As you walk into the kitchen and see a wall of flesh, Jonah hanging out of it, his body attached to it, festering sores all around him. Zeb! I won't leave you like this, Father. I won't. Kill me. Kill me, I will. You kill him, and you hear on the wind. All things must end. That isn't a bad thing. As the room kind of rumbles and you find yourself awake the next morning. Kyle, you are sitting with Steven back at Colorado Springs. There's only streetlights. No cars, no people. No animals. Steven's sitting with his back against a wall, seeming to be in quiet contemplation. What's going on, man? It's ending, Kyle. All of it. All the city lights 
go out, and the sky fills with stars. What happened? The ending. Everything. It's just going away. As you see the stars start to blink out of the sky, first just a few before they rapidly descend and only darkness seems to be taking up this area as you see a great red eye open up over the city as it seems to be gazing at everything, the dim lights making the shadows longer, darker, and more sinister. Steven looks at you. It can be quiet as his face seems to melt away. If let As you awaken. Cora, you're standing outside the window of your house. You see your mother inside, crying. She's alone. Bottles of alcohol scattered everywhere. Cora's gonna... I, I guess she starts crying because like, she still loves her parents and seeing them like her mom in such a state is really heartbreaking, you know? Her, your mom looks up at you as she jumps back in shock, bottles falling to the floor. She goes, Cora, Cora. She'll, she'll nod uh, at, uh, go to the door, like the front uh, door. As she, she, she starts to back away as the door opens of its own volition. Why are you haunting me? Is it because you don't think I loved you enough? Is it was because, did you think I was too hard on you? How, how could I have known? How could I have known about the attack, the accident, that, that you would die, that, that I pushed you so hard? Cora, why are you haunting me? Why can't will, you just leave? Cora will, like, like, calmly, like, walk up to her mom and try and give her a hug, like, let her know, like, I'm real. I'm as, here. As you hug your mom and her eyes close and she turns to dust in your arms, as the whole building begins to turn to dust and blow away, you hear a deep, booming voice. Life is suffering. It needn't be. All things must end. As you find yourself awake at the Sept of the Desert Snow. Mark, you find yourself back at the Sept of the Five Mirrors, and Lake Superior is empty. The slick, slime-covered rocks are already beginning to cook as long, dead, and abandoned ships begin to rot. The corpses once preserved within the icy cold waters, no longer pr protected, begin to stink. The sun is baking the world. The trees begin to wither as you see a great spirit of steam and mist rise up from the corpse of the lake. It is Lake Superior. Screaming in agony and pain, the form of mist and steam just swirling around you as you just hear, It's not too late, Mark! I can simply end! As it shrieks in your ear, and you see the world around you begin to rot away. Mark will start calling out uh, Nightbiter's name. So you see Nightbiter kind of arrive. He's torn up, blood dripping from open wounds, his left arm hanging on by a literal thread as you see the elbow spin well over 360 degrees one way before the ligaments 
get taunt and start to spin his arm the other way. An eye is missing as he limps up to you. Mark. Jonathan. And I'll go perform Mother's Touch on him. As you try, you see the rot come into your own hand. As it starts to burn away, it's absolute agony. As you just hear the deep voice on the wind. Prolonging the inevitable brings pain. All things must end. As you find yourself awake. William, you find yourself in the forest. You're dirty. Clothes are kind of torn. No cell phone service at all. Just a miserable, trudging, hiking experience. Just ahead of you are Zeb and Dimitri, as they seem to be beckoning you to hurry up. I'll foretold this day, boys. Today we die under the full moon. Forward, Gaia, damn you! Forward! As he rushes over the top of the hill just out of sight. I'll trudge along up past the hill. As you follow up, you see the grim scene. You see people, you see a city caught or burning down in a great fire as it's consuming the people within, people screaming, worm beasts laughing as they grasp fleeing people and rip them apart. The smell of burning flesh is nearly overpowering as burning bacon and grease fires waft into your nose, singeing your nose hairs before you see this the rest of the horrifying z- scene. Zeb screaming about, screaming as he continues the fight as a thousand worm-like hands grip him and start to rend him apart piece by piece chunk by chunk before several hands grasp onto him one grabbing into the socket another with a finger clawing into the eye as it pops and leaks over like overly wet play-doh as he continues to scream his other hands grab into the jaw and they rip it open like a fresh or as an overripe melon as brains and blood and flesh and bones strike the earth before Dimitri's eyes go wide as he crawls over to the limp corpse and begins begging Zeb not to die, not to leave him alone. Please don't abandon him again, over and over again, before you hear upon the wind. I can save you from this pain. Just let it end. As you awaken, I take it everybody else had a nice haunting dream last night. Very haunting. Not one I would like to recount. Certainly not, but maybe we can find a common thread in all the dreams again. Perhaps we're not the only ones to have this dream. And Mark will uh, describe his dream and focus on the voice that was speaking to him near the end. And it said, all things must come to an end. Coral recount her dream also, and she will also mention the voice that told her that everything has to end. Well, with my dream, without going into the gory details, it too was about letting things end. It seems clear enough to me that whatever these dreams or visions were, they weren't sent by Gaia. I think we're better off 
letting them be, ignoring them if we can, as difficult as that may be. Possibly the worm fiend trying to reach us in our dreams again. William, this has happened to us all before. This is the gateway that the worm used to tempt and then try to insert taint into us and cause us to have to go to Erebus in the first place for purification. So we've gone down this road before and Kyle and everyone else is right. It's, we have to acknowledge it, knowing just how dangerous things are now. The Ferris are the same exact thing, but it can't be something that we let cause us to doubt what we're doing because clearly we have its attention now if our actions and what we're doing are causing these visions to happen. And it wants us probably to stop. Hazards of the job is what you're saying. More than a few. I guess we could just chalk it up as a bad dream being a bad dream this time. I don't think we should do that. I think we need to acknowledge that it's happened, but not give in to the temptation that the Talon is enticing us with. That's why we're talking about it now. Quite honestly, it's why I'd rather we stop talking about it now, too. Quick work in ending the conversation means quick work in ending the worm's influence. I have to go with William on this one. Ignoring it outright was what, and trying to get past it, was what got us in the first place. I think we stay aware of the fact this isn't going to stop. We're on a path, it's going to keep coming at us. You know, The first things we get are from Gaia warning us, right, of what this end is. The worm's going to ramp up its game. It's not going to slow down. Related to this and finding friends, there were two immediately that came to mind. And one issue is, well, first I thought about Heather. And Endless Memory might have a few people that she trusts that we can talk to. She's Cleoth. She's young. She still might know a few. The only other one that I can think of that right off the bat would be helpful to speak to would be Sing's Old Songs. But I don't know what you all think or who you all think might be good to talk to about this to see if we can find some folks to help us out. Again, if time is being destroyed, that two days might not be, you know, 48 hours anymore. And the sooner the better. Less dreams is definitely preferred by me too, Mark. Heather actually is the first one that I thought of when they suggested we get five others to to join us. So I think that would be a very good option, mostly because she is Cleoth. Not that she's weak, but because she hasn't had a whole lot of time for the stories to really dig in and she might be more open-minded. I think that's bang on. I think, yeah, there's a lot of bias that hasn't quite gotten to her yet. I think that's, I think that's, yeah, that's a damn good point. I don't know how much her voice carries, but maybe a heck of a lot. She's fought it twice. Something to be said for that already, right? Definitely. So are we all on board with Heather? Yes. I think she's one to approach for sure. What do we think of Sing's old songs, though? Another person that has some influence, at least, certain knowledge. I don't think any of these other people are bad people. I think Mage Killer, I think other folks here are, are fine allies. I have no idea how to read how they're going to treat dealing with the Pharaoh. But at least those two right off the bat seem the ones that could maybe find others that'd be reasonably open-minded. Or really them to all-out slaughter. But I'm really hoping that's not the case. I think Sing's Old Songs would be a another good choice. They they are Metis, so, but they are Garu. They can't completely understand uh, the Pharaoh plight but they are they are medis and so they do have a plight of their own that they can relate to because they are not treated very well that makes sense camaraderie and suffering is what you're getting at Rhea yes I guess 
Hopefully we can stick to defeating the worm and don't have to hit the hard recruitment on they suffer too. But yeah, I, I mean you're right, but I hear I feel I hear you. Absolutely. It would it would give them a sense of camaraderie, um at mm-hmm. it would give them a sense of camaraderie and would encourage them, I think, to help keep those of the Thera that we are seeing secret that want to be kept secret. I, I get what you're saying. I think in a different way, they are just as open-minded, perhaps. Again, I don't want to, I, I have no idea. This is a pretty rash assumption based off of them being Metis, but perhaps, be, exactly to your point, perhaps because of that, they also would be pretty okay with working with another group of folks that are generally looked at with a jaundiced eye. I, okay, yeah. Exactly. I support both, but I think you should both keep in mind that the arguments you've made for them could easily be used against them. By being Metis, by being Cleoth, they could be seeking more honor. That being said, I, I don't think that would be the case. Just keep it in mind for the ones we approach. Well, and I think it, it I think we say outright, look, there's a guy in spirit that we want you to meet and some other allies that might be able to help that have contacted us already. Go ahead and test me for Wormtain. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying to you. We might leave the Pharah part out of it. That won't be something that we keep close hold very long the minute those words leave our mouths to one of them and I, and I wouldn't expect them to necessarily and they didn't say for us to reveal them Correct. to our allies they just said bring them to the, bring spirit. Them to the spirit I agree um, I also think Mistwalker could be an option um, they were willing to put forth more ideas uh, ideas that they thought might be laughed at but they were ideas that they kept anyway maybe close to themselves but still there and they were willing to go to another sept to ask for help that in and of itself lends me to believe that there's someone we can at least trust that far we have a list of three out of five i think it's a pretty dang good start and perhaps those three could help us find the last two who do we want to talk to first or do we want to split up on this well let's find who's here that way we can at least begin our search if they're here they're here good for us if not then we just need to go find them heather because of her age and because of her situation, definitely, we, I say we'd save her for last. I think so too, because of her age, because of her age, she might not know as many or know more people who would be as open-minded to working on this with us. So her for last, because it's very unlikely that we'll get other allies from her. But so either of the other two Maybe Mistwalker first, since we have more, more reputation, I suppose. Well, we did, we did make uh, sings old songs look very good at the emergency moot with our information. So, I think they are very appreciative of our work, and would be willing to work with us. William, personally, I think Heather would be the the best one in my experience. Is there a reason for that? They mentioned their reasons for speaking to her last. In my head, at least in my eyes, she seems to be the most innocent and so would be more open to taking on out-of-the-box questioning with more curiosity than threat. Well, perhaps we can make this a two-front. We could have some of the pack stay here while uh, you and Hal's in memory go and uh, check in on Heather. Or we could just split it between the two packs. I'm actually rather sold on speaking to Mistwalker first, only because Mistwalker was indeed the one that had to go out there in front of the people to help. And if there's a person to start with, it might be the person that, you know, the guru that had to go out and do the very thing that we're trying to do now. 
especially when the Actena aren't necessarily everyone's friends. I must say, it sounds like we're reaching an impasse on here. I don't so. think we're just reaching an impasse when it comes down to the order. Okay. Of course, the decision goes to the highest ranking, Adrian. I want to speak to Mistwalker first. Kyle, what do you intend to do? I agree. I think it's the right decision. Very well. Thereafter, we'll speak to others. Alphas have spoken. Head over to Mistwalker, who seems to be doing some early morning exercises, doing some running along the, the trails just to keep fit, especially in this warrior culture. Picking up small boulders, pressing and throwing. If they get too big, shifts to Glavro to get the same effect. Mistwalker, if you have a moment, I thought we might speak. Oh, <sighs> uh, from where is Bane? Elomans. They wipe, as he wipes the sweat from his brow. <sighs> yeah, I've got some time. I thought we might ask a couple of, well, somewhat esoteric questions. Um, it is related to our investigations, but I don't want to color it with what we've learned. When you came to Sacred Stone to ask for help, and if you've gone to other septs to ask them for help in the past, what what was that to you? In hmm, I suppose, and this will be this will seem hmm, odd, I'm sure to to your tribes, and I don't mean that as something offensive, just a fact. Wolves don't ask other packs for help. So it is a skill I was not born with. It was a skill I had to learn. The other is that there was a long and bloody precedent of other tribes claiming that the reason they attacked my tribe and our Karens is because we were too weak to hold our Karens. And so asking for help fills me with trepidation that I have to go in and make sure my tail is held high and that my fangs are still yellow and rusted with the blood of my enemies to make sure that any sort of get of Fenris or Fianna, as he kind of glances at Korra for a moment, don't get any ideas that if they help us with our problems, that they can just take this place from us. In some ways, I fear that any time we ask for help, it opens us up to attack. But our Karen is not not as large as your sacred stone. There are only 17 Garu here, and we patrol such a wide area and have to help our kin fight off Zoltan, and now this, it was too much. I would have preferred older brother to come, but at the end, a Karen must be protected. It is one of the greatest laws of litany, and one that cannot be broken, regardless of mine and my tribe mates' fears of how wormcomers tend to treat those who ask for help in good faith. For my second question, do you think that older and younger brother would have, well, participated in, been part of, the second war of rage if it were not for the wormcomers? We tried to fight alongside many of the Farah. Some didn't as an attempt to prove themselves to protect their Karen, but we've had a steady truce with the Gorel, the, the Bastet, and the Korax that called this place home. 
It wasn't like before the first War of Rage, but it was certainly far more far more peaceful than it is now and far more peaceful then when the Wormcomers decided to declare war on the Pharah again. If you could go back and stop that War of Rage, would you? Yes, but only in hindsight in some ways. I think if I went back and I knew for a fact that if the Pharah and older and younger brother united completely, we had a chance to make sure that the Wormcomers did not take our Karens, I would get, make sure that happened. If I thought killing more Pharaoh would have saved our Karens and our kin, then I would have done that and then allowed the kin of the Pharaoh to be born and live anew because we would have been able to hold our lands again because there was no chance of them living peacefully with the Wormcomers regardless. There has been precedent and proof that the Pharaoh can live with the brothers if we hold our lands. And say if there were survivors of these wars of rage, would you think that these truces would still hold strong? I don't see why not. Almost all of the Garu are mournful for both wars of rage. As he, as he starts to give you kind of a quizzical look. Why? There is a spirit that we found that I believe will be able to help us. But they have asked that we bring five Garu who, well, feel more as we do about the War of Rage. That it was lamentable. That if it could be undone, it should be. Obviously, we're long past that. But it seems likely that the spirit will be able to help us in our endeavor. And so, these questions. I see. Does the spirit know something of the Talon, then? More than we, at least. I'd be very interested in meeting this spirit. Well, and I think that's the plan. We had hoped that you would be of one mind with us as as well, and out of the people we've met, we thought also sings old songs, and perhaps endless memory would be as well. But we would love to hear your opinion on the matter, if there are others, or if you disagree with who we've thought of. Sing's old songs is a good choice. They have told many stories about the War of Rage to remind us of the pain we caused, and they've told stories of the dead, how the dancers of Gaia were driven to extinction, how the Opus of Europe were wiped away before the three brothers left for the Pure Lands, the story of whispering by campfire who was awoken and saw the fall of the great bat spirit when the last Kamazot was killed by the Shadow Lords. They are a good choice. Endless Memory is an interesting choice. I think she is of certainly one mind when it comes to the Pharah. She is young and she has heard the stories from Sings the Old Songs as well as well, she's gone on several moon bridges to other Karens to foster with them to learn and fight and gain glory with her pack during moots, and so she's heard stories from children of Guy and Karens as well as, well, funny enough, a Shadow Lord Karen. 
where Shadow Lord Karen, Shadow Lord Galliard spoke of the great sin of the tribe during a moot of the Camazot, but apparently cut the song short, according to her, or she claims the Shadow Lord cut the song short because he noticed non-Shadow Lords were at the moot. And their noses are so long to look down. It's easy to get lost. Well, the faith that we had coming to you first is definitely faith that we have in those that you speak of. Thank you, Mist Walker. Did you have others you might recommend? Mage Killer. Mage Killer got, got his name by working with mage, mage relatives of kin. Killed a strange weaver mage with them. Shows that he's willing to work with others and take unconventional approaches to fighting the worm and the weaver and protect our home. Hmm. There's a name I perhaps should give to him, as Mark thinks of Appleton. Do you have a location for me, or should I wait here in the Cairn until you've finished your business with the others? Gertz Lorio, what do you think? I think it's best to wait. I think the idea was that we would bring five at once. Very well, then I will stay near Karen Ground so that you can find me easy enough. Uh, it will be within the next two days, though. Understood. Who's next? If we were to stick with the plan to ask from within the Karen first, then perhaps Sings Old Songs. Sings Old Songs is writing out several things in the Garu glyphs in the dirt, seeming to be contemplating something. Your story's turning out to be more true by the day. It is. Zeb speaks in sweet whispers. Did you have a dream last night? Indeed I did. The ringing phrase through my head being, all things must end, and that isn't a bad thing. I disagree. As my pack the... mate's the same, as well as Fomori's bane. You too. As, yes. I've noticed the pattern. It was all of us who decided to go exploring those caves. Those caves were thick with banes in the Umbra, and that gas was devastating in the physical world. We came across a scrag that had the ability to umbral quake. What hmm. is that? It's a spirit gift usually owned by earth spirits that allow them to create minor earthquakes. A gift that is very, very bad underground. Yeah. We've encountered a spirit now, guy in one, that is trying to pull some other guru together, as this is indeed a talon of the worm, breaking free from its prison. We wanted to know if you'd be in mind to help. Part of this, part of the shimanage for this spirit is open-mindedness on behalf of the guru that go there, as there might be others that join in this crusade, guy in, not worm, go and stop this worm manifestation. We'll work with anything to stop a worm manifestation from breaking free. If it breaks free, the apocalypse will start today. It asked for five guru total. We would leave in two days. If there are others you might suggest, we'd be open to your suggestion. Well, as much as I dislike him, Mage Killer is fairly open-minded when it comes to working with unorthodox allies. Though he has a penchant for insulting them the entire time, I should know. Suppose, perhaps, Wind Tamer would also be a good choice. Wind Tamer has worked with 
several unusual spirits, several human organizations, and some rumors say that she's even worked with a Korax before. Well, we will look to speak with both of them, perhaps, to see if they are so like-minded. Like we said, within two days we'll go. We'll come find you here and depart. Very well. I'll be around. I'm going to try and ask some of the others what they saw. We did find a few things, though. Like I said, the Umbroquake's scrag was just one of them. I also heard that one of the packs saw Zoltan surveyors to the most western part of the mountains. Were they normal humans or were they Fomori? Normal humans. Simply surveying the area. They were spotted, or our pack spotted them, but they were not spotted by the humans. The humans walked along and did, did as they did, looking for fossils and things of that nature to try and use that to try and figure out if there were any natural resources worth exploiting. That scrag that was found, was it killed? Yes. Was there anyone with spirit speech that was around during its slaying? Yeah, we all have spirit speech. Was it mentioned anything? Perhaps was it saying anything related to our dreams and visions we've been having? It said that the mountain would crash down and the world would become nothingness. Ah. It was quite articulate for a scrag. I was about to comment. Is there anything else? No, I think we have more Guru to speak to. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Of course. Moves off as you guys find Heather. She looks... Got some dark circles under her eyes. She seems a bit tired. William, why don't you lay it out? Heather, putting it plainly, we'd like for you to come see a guy in spirit to help us with our current problem at hand. We believe that you are open-minded and are able to work freely with unorthodox allies. Thank you, Rhea. She looks at all of you a little confused, but not unwilling to go along with meeting a spirit. Spirit has information on how to take care of our problem, and we would like to ask for your help. Sure. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to to help. I like to hear that. In two days' time, we should be leaving. Okay, I'll so I'll, we'll, I'll stick around here then. I was just about to say we'll find you here. I do have one question with your comings and goings around the sept. I would like to defer to your judgment on any particular other Garu that you might think of that would have a keen interest in meeting with this spirit and working with other allies. Well, I mean, Stories of the Untold would love that. He's my den father. He, he's very open, very understanding teacher. So I think he'd be perfect for whatever mission you've got going. And, well, for meeting a spirit that could help them. Any of the thirds here in the Karen, obviously. Rattles the Gauntlet. Serpent Friend. Uh, Venom Fang. 
or even howls on mountains, all of them would be more than willing to work with a guy in spirit to help take on a talent of the worm. The call against the worm, many will answer, but we have been requested only five, and it is why we come to you. Thank you. He seems a little dumbfounded, awestruck. You have a strong spirit and less memories. Going up, the cre- going up against this creature twice and being able to tell about it shows your strength and your faith in Gaia. Okay, yeah, thanks. I just wanted to not die and tell a good story to get some glory. As is your auspice, and you live up to it well. With that in mind, endless memories. Out of those that you have spoken of, which one would you deem most worthy to speak with the spirit? Hells on Mountains, obviously. They're the Grand Elder of this Karen. If anyone is considered worthy, the an elder would be. Just because they are the Grand Elder may not make them worthy to speak to a guy in spirit. Part of the reason why we are coming... Let us be very careful about who is worthy and who is not gross matrices and leave it at that. Cleoth, thank you. We shall see you in two days' time. We will journey forth from there to do battle against the worm. We will be glad to have you there. Let us go to speak with Mage Killer, and I believe that the Alpha of Fomori's Bane and I are of one mind on who the Guru should be taking point on that and let us leave the term worthy out of our vocabulary fellow guru as we walk upon a place that is not ours yes Rhea she kind of just nods taken aback as Zeb said we are of one mind Cora I think you would be best to speak with mage killer all right uh, as you're starting to go Heather goes I, I sorry uh guards low Rhea can I talk to you for just a sec alone if you don't mind. Of course. Always. As you walk away and everyone kind of walks away and she just goes, Speaks in Sweet Whispers is a silent strider, right? Yes. She kind of does a double take. Are they all that scary? <laughs> we have had some failures of our own between the two packs. Not a person are our actions that have reflected poorly occasionally on the cairns that we have visited and people that we hold no ill regard to. At times it can be best to put poor choices of words to rest hard and fast. Okay, yeah, wow. Just, she, she kind of like some, makes a motion around her face. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, he's, he's very beautiful and he knows. <laughs> of course, Rhea. But, um, just Kyle for the future. Uh, sure. Kyle. And he'll give a thumbs up. (laughs) Alright. Mage Killer seems to be heading out of the Karen. You're just about to catch him as he's about to cross the Bon into the rest of the National Park. Mage Killer, do you have a moment? (sighs) I suppose. Make it quick, though, two hearts. Of course. We were thinking and talking amongst ourselves. And we needed other Garu. Your name was mentioned as someone who is willing to work with unconventional allies to to keep the worm at bay. I see. And? And if you're willing, there is a spirit that we would like you to meet with. And within the next two days, we will be leaving. 
<sighs> hmm. Uh, I will try and be back in two days, but I have plans to do more investigation, investigating on Zoltan, as I believe they are the primary threat to this Karen. And releasing the Talon. I see. Well, if you are back within the next two days before we have left, come find us. And we would appreciate your help on this, in this matter. Very well. I'll do what I can. You are an unusual creature. Why? Never known to get a Fenris to ask for help. I suppose that does make me unusual. Though, I see asking for help as a strength and a self-awareness that many Garu choose not to follow. You have wisdom, Cora Two Hearts, and I appreciate that about you. At least for now. It seems that if there are more like you and your tribe these days, well, perhaps the, the nation isn't as lost as I had feared. Unfortunately, I haven't come across many, but I have hope that I <laughs> will. <laughs> ah, an honest one, too. You are an unusual worm bringer. I hope that's a compliment for now. Yes, as he kind of wipes the back of his hand with a bit of a laugh and a gesture. It was a compliment in its own way. Thank you. We hope to see you in two days. As he rushes off, taking his lupus form. Or takes a deep breath. Nice. So it's about one or two o'clock now. Running around trying to find folks. We hope. Talking with them. That's four. Perhaps perhaps we should speak with the Grand Elder. If anything, he is the Elder of the Sept. He is the one perhaps that would feel this is most important to him. I'm inclined to look wind tamer. Some of you are far more aware of set politics than I am. The thing is, I don't really want to go before the grand elder of the of or a grand elder of a Gru nation and one that controls a cairn and try to talk around information and try to be cryptic and hide something from them. That opens you to great dishonor. We're borrowing some of his warriors. And we will hopefully return all five and take care of the threat to his cairn. Walking a pretty fine edge. I defer to you, Rhea. This isn't about deference. This is still about us trying to do this job when this is new frontier, right? This is a group of people that have been exterminated, and we're among another group of people that were also being actively exterminated, and we're trying to walk a fine line to make sure they don't decide to go out and exterminate each other, right? I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we're in here. That's what we're that's what we deal with when we talk to these groups. I'm disinclined to talk to the Grand Elder of the Cairn beyond the fact that we're going to go out and do and do what we can to stop the worm from destroying everything in creation. I feel like the one that journeyed with the Korax before would be the one to go and talk to. Because if we noticed, none of the other guru that we spoke to said, you should go talk to the Grand Elder of the Cairn except for the Cleoth. And rightfully so, she recognizes where she is in the Order. We all have different thoughts now. Again, we're all putting our reps on the line, as well as that of doing this successfully. I don't want to see these Farah killed. I don't want to see this fail. I have no strength left in this fight, for I failed my duty to talk to Heather put me in my place, Rhea. But I do think she still holds if you deem it so, I do think she still has some weight to maybe stories of the untold. But that is her den father. So of course she would speak highly of of him. No, I think that's a good point, but I wasn't sure if they would necessarily be inclined to have the den father suddenly disappear and go off on this journey when there are cubs and young Cleoth train. I don't know how many they have here, and I wasn't about to get involved. 
one dead father being lost is enough of a tragedy. We've seen it before. Well, that's all I have on the topic then, so I... All good. All right, Cora, Kyle, you guys have been strangely silent for me here. We want to go to... I feel like Windhamer would be open-minded enough to to see this through, having worked with the Korax. I agree. I hadn't realized how rare it was to interact with the Korax or to work with them. And if that's so far away as to just be a rumor, I think that they're our best bet. Yeah. It's real weird that we've worked with them so many times. Windhamer it is. And so, you find Windhamer. They're staying on Cairn Grounds mostly as they are part of their dual elders. Her being the elder and, of course, Howls on Mountains as the grand elder of the Cairn. Thus, he has a bit more power politically than her, though they are of equal rank. Windhamer goes, can I help you? Yes, so we had we had heard kind of a, an interesting rumor, and I wanted to ask you about it because it's something that we had dealt with in the past. There was a rumor that you had worked with the Korax in the past. I did. Would you mind telling us about it? Oh, certainly. The Korax are the least rare of the Pharah. Most of them survived the War of Rage. I know several survived by working with the Ged of Fenris, and many with the Three Brothers. Why do you think some of our kin have stories of Raven? No, it's... It was when I was a child, one of my best friends actually was a Korax. I believe it was fate. I've been told that ravens and wolves are tightly bound in nature, that ravens will befriend pups, play with them, and they will create a bond that lasts a lifetime. It seems that our spirits, one wolf, one raven, found each other, and we were able to do the same. I've worked with them several times while I rose through the ranks. She, of course, had to go her own separate way with her people to the north, dealing with little brother more often, as that is where many of her people were needed. But I, of course, rose through the ranks and became elder, and I couldn't simply go off and wander the world with a Farah friend and hold my rank. That's understandable, if not a difficult decision to make. The bonds we make, regardless of who they are with, are what keep us alive. At this point, I think it is best for me to be frank. We have met with some Farah, and they seem to know how to seal this evil away again. We have met with some of them in the past, and because of this, they put just enough trust in us to find five Garu at this sept that would work with them, with us. We believe we have found four others, and were given your name, having been unaware of the rumors previous. And because of that, we thought it best to approach you. The other Garu we've spoken to, we have not explicitly told that there were Farah involved. But you as Elder, of course, deserve to know that. Would you be willing to come with us? To meet with a spirit? To be vetted? and then introduce to the Farah? I would. Thank you very much, Rhea. We plan to leave as soon as Mage Killer returns. Very well. Thank you. Two days pass as you all have similar vein- similar nightmares of endings and horrors as the Karen 
gets ready. It is Mage Killer returns and goes, Ah, looks like I did catch you. Good. We appreciate you coming back in time. Your investigation scarred anything good? More things. It looks like Zoltan has permits through the U.S. government. As when Mage Killer says that, he looks like he almost wants to spit. And they will be doing some exploratory drilling fairly close to the cave systems that you are all near now. This is a warning. So this lines up with my plans actually quite nicely. It's why I decided to rush back. As if Gaius wills it. Perfection. As he looks up with a bit of confusion, uh, motions with his head. What's that? As it almost looks like a cloud moving moving towards the Karen grounds. Does it look like a citadel? No. No. But I will give you an intelligence science roll. Diff three. Inte- straight intelligence diff uh, diff uh, four if you don't have any science. Not Cora. My one whole dot. That cloud's going against the wind. Is it the Bane Spirit? It is, as it gets closer, a small army of scrags that have all sprouted wings. Some have bat wings, some have fallen angel wings, some have insect wings, some have bird wings, but the the feathers on the wings are dragonfly wings in the same configuration as Garu are howling to war, to war initiative. Is it at this stage we announce what form we're going to take or do we have to be in? You're in Hamid form. You're going to be starting in Hamid. Alrighty, cool. So Scrag one is going to move up. You'll see, and it's going to do a, a blast and it's going to be spewing Vomit. We're gonna say Mark. Zeb, what are you doing? I think I'll fly up to the nearest scrag and attack. Alright, Nomad format. Ah, well, sorry. I'll expend, a, <laughs> I'll expend a rage. I'll expend a rage to ship to, it's ship to Krinos, and I will attack the nearest. I'm gonna say the closest to scrag two. Mark? Uh, Mark will. Let's see. Spend a willpower to activate resist pain and dodge. Okay. And then spend a rage to turn into Krinos. All right. This scrag, as you notice it buzzing its wings, uses the gift freeze, which is going to drastically lower the temperature and uh, lower its rage by one for the whole scene, but then it will do that many dice in rage and aggravated damage to everyone in the area. All right, Kyle? So Call to Duty does not, in the second form, doesn't require a roll, though it's spending noses. So can I do that and still, um, like, shift? Obviously not spending rage, but just... I would say that that counts as the action, doing the Call of Doing okay. Call, so. All right, then I'm just going to do the call to duty. Oh. Scrag three is going to use the gift updraft and use that to le- levitate Cora into the air so that she is floating helplessly. 
until she can get out and possibly take some damage on the way down. That's not a dodgeable effect, is it? No. William. I would like to shift to Krynos and then spend a point of rage to activate the gift Razor Claw. Okay. Cora. Well, I am going to first, I'm going to first activate Resist Pain and then I will, so that's a willpower because I am going to fall at some point. Spend a Gnosis and activate Troll Skin. And you're in Hamid form. Oh, that's right, I am. And Troll Skin is an action, isn't it? Yes. Okay. In that case, I'm going to save that Gnosis for my next roll and then switch to Krynos. All right. And what are you going to do with your other action? I can't do Razor Claws right now because I'd be, I have to be on the ground for that, right? You haven't been lifted yet. Oh, you're so fucking right. Yeah. I'm going to do Razor Claws. Spend a rage point. All right. So you shift to Krynos and you start sharpening your claws. So you'll have better claws. William, you do the same. Updraft. Core, as you feel the wind just... As your claws start to get sharp, you feel the wind just like whoosh as you are launched about 20 feet in the air. Perfect. Kyle. I I summon everything within a mile, please. As you give a great howl and start summoning the spirits, as you're just in Hamid form too, you're just like, just howling out, calling all the spirits as the great rattlesnake of the Karen starts to arrive. Snakes, water spirits, Awakened tree spirits start to move. Bird spirits, the works. All right, freeze. So uh, everyone needs to roll soak. And remember, if some of you haven't changed yet on your turn. So Zeb, I don't believe you shifted to Krynos yet. Actually, you're still in Hamid, so you just take straight three ag. Sweet. Corey, soak all of it. As you see Zeb there and Kyle in their Hamid forms, as you see the wind starting to like, the ice cold starting to like create frostbite just on their bodies, as you see their skin starting to blacken and purple in patches. You see Zeb, Kyle, and Mark as you see patches of purple and black skin starting to form on their human faces along their extremities on their fingers as the air gets frigidly cold. All right, Mark, you've used Resist Pain, and you are shifting into Krynos. Okay. All right, Zeb, you shift into Krynos. Go attack Scrag 2, who ain't dodging. Zeb, you do three damage, and these these Scrags actually seem slightly weaker than normal, but when you rip it open, the Scrag pops like a balloon, and you see a thousand little spirits that look like you in every stage of your life up to an old man in every single possible form as they laugh and giggle and they rip a point of essence out of you before they fly back towards the cave systems, disappearing. Essence, you mean Gnosis? Yeah, Gnosis. Well, well, well. Ha ha. All right. Uh, Mark, you may dodge. All right. All righty. So they hit... Uh, you may soak, though, now. 
Nice. As the thing's jaws unhinge, the Scrag's jaws unhinge like a snake, as you see it open its mouth wide and the flesh of its mouth forms a human face that opens up and starts spewing acidic vomit at you. As the vomit strikes and you're able to soak it soak it off as you grab quickly a couple clumps of hair but no actual physical damage as you fling the vomit onto the ground and it starts hissing and eating the stone below. Ugh. All right. With that, that Scrag's going to try and vomit on Mark again. Zeb? It'll just be another attack again. Move to the nearest Scrag and attack. Okay, well, so that's Scrag number one. Mark? I'm going to gonna spend a Gnosis to activate Unicorn's Arsenal, and that's just an instant thing. It's just to spend the Gnosis, no roll or anything. Okay. Um, uh, the rule is, is that anything that takes... Uh, lethal damage from me loses willpower okay. as well. Um, when If that happens, I'll look up the rule more specifically. Uh, let's get through this. But then I will take a claw swing at the scrag in front of me. Kyle? I will spend a rage to insta-shift and to claw scrag three. Perfect. Alright, scrag three is going to... Do an updraft on Kyle to try and interrupt his attack. William? So I would like to take two swipes at Scrag 3 and then one on Scrag 1. All right. Or attempts to break free from the pillar of updraft, roll strength. She is able to break free and now she needs to roll soak as she falls and takes one point of lethal damage. That's her turn. William? As you notice Korra hitting the ground too, you notice other small spirits holding globs of Gnosis flying off as more and more Scrags are being killed by spirits here. Some of the forms of Gnosis are in the forms of tiny snakes as spirits kill some of them. All right, that's all rollover. Okay. As you scratch the Scrag as it looks in a little bit of pain, but it's still up, roll again. Jesus. Roll in your, uh, channeling your inner Korra. Oh, result eight, okay. God. I, I saw the one first, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> so yeah, I meant to you, put damage too. You rip it apart. Once again, the Scrag's body disintegrates into a thousand miniature versions of you in every stage of your life in every possible form you could take as they rip a piece of Gnosis out of you and disappear okay. on the horizon. And now the other Scrag. All right, that's all rollover. As you do it, it all same thing happens and you lose another point of gnosis as you see the other spirits getting taken care of but you see gnosis pools being flown off in every but after every single one of them dies with a few exceptions specifically heather kills two and on her second one it tries to grab gnosis and nothing comes out and they wither and die on her body as the fight ends i mean that wasn't a ritual to harvest gnosis what do you think it got hundreds Mage Killer goes, Enough. It's changing scrags into completely new things. How's the worm even able to do that? I guess it's a talon that can be too powerful. Who's to say these are new scrags? What if these are old scrags? Scrags we haven't seen. Possible, though. They seem to be here for a very specific purpose. It's like the cloud they came here. There's a cloud on the horizon from those caves. We need to make quick work of this. Agreed. As you guys head off, takes most of the day. 
traveling. Mostly now because, you know, you don't have wings. Or you do have wings, but it would take, you know, too much of you guys to carry everyone. As you make it to the spot and you see a tr- you see a mountain lion spirit and an eagle spirit. The mountain lion spirit nods as its shrieking voice speaks to the members of older brother you've brought. Zeb, Mark, you're able to understand it as it says, follow me and we will determine your worth. The eagle will stay behind and watch these six. If they decide to move or leave, the eagle will fly with great swiftness to inform the others so that no betrayal is possible. I guess we sit here and wait while the brothers get tested. Then we shall wait. And as you wait, you wait several hours. By hour two, bored as the sun is kind of just starting to set, starting to get cold, and a bit of snow blows in. Surprisingly, given how warm it's been on average, though the mountain has cooled things down, you start to hear whispers from the cave, the direction of the cave. That eagle's still here, right, Keegan? Yeah. Great one. Great deal of gnosis has flown through the air into those caves. Did you see it pass you for our journey here? I did. Did your sight let you see where it went? Into the cave. The worm? Likely. As you all hear on the wind. I see The eagle looks looks around. It seems trepidatious as its feathers kind of fluff. Perhaps we're to be tested too. Perhaps we're to be tested too. Did you hear those whispers too, great eagle? I heard them. <sighs> as it shakes and its feathers kind of rustle. Mark will uh, take a little bit of gnosis in the shape of like, a, I guess maybe like a warm fire to help warm the great eagle spirit. And he'll just kind of offer it in hand, just shake it. Grabs as the fire enters the body to warm it. I see far. I see the entrance of the cave. The cave is several miles from you, Justice. Like, it's like two miles from you. You see anything gathering there now? So many eyes. I see. I Well, if it feels our fear, perhaps it feels our spite of the fear to do what we're here to do. You. As you hear on the distance, or you hear on the horizon. You can do nothing. Mark dies before. Mark will just kind of shake his head and kind of look off into the distance with a Solemn look, not really knowing how to respond to that. You guys suddenly see a skeleton almost appear out of the ground as it's lifting out of the earth, as it looks at the eagle and snarls, as the eagle actually explodes into flesh and feathers, as the the body of the eagle spirit grafts itself, flesh and all, onto the bony skeleton. As you get this horrid creature, its body like inky tar dripping along massive jaws 
filled with wandering, jagged teeth, massive arms that seem to break off into a thousand limbs as it's partially still bleeding into the earth itself. Hello. What is this? I'm trying to see again. This world looks so different. Only slivers can leave, but not for long. Uh, Keegan? I want to use Command Spirit to tell him to let go of the Great Eagle Spirit. You can try. I will try. All right. Oh boy. Three. <laughs> What's his difficulty going to be? Ten. Release the eagle spirit. As you feel your legs buckle and you co- collapse. Mark will let out struggled grunts as he's on the ground trying to hold himself up. Because I don't kneel to you. You should. I am what you've been looking for all this time. We've had a look. You've seen creation. You see what refuses to be unmade. You see what will fight you. Is that enough? It brings me great sadness, but I know how you struggle. I am not my father. I am the closest thing you'll ever see. To the pure world, the primordial world, the father of balance. How do you speak of balance if all you talk of is endings, and unmaking, and removal? Have you seen how much has been made, how the world chokes with making? It has driven the spider mad, it has driven the turtle under the sea. And it has captured my father and turned him into something unrecognizable. I do not bring suffering with my destruction. Only an end. The first to the kill. So that others can take no pleasure in it. And what of creation and Gaia from your end? All things must end. Even creation. Even Gaia. I know I can't convince you otherwise, but I wanted to tell you, there's no malice from me, foolish little insects that you are. As the flesh of the eagle slops off the earthy bones, and all the tree spirits around you just suddenly die, and you're left in a clearing, with the puma spirit returning, seeing all, seeing the last bit of it and going, Follow me. They're ready to see you all now. Yes, we'll follow. And we'll see what happens there next time. Thank you to everyone who listened. We'll catch you in that next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.